Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Gorgeous girls. Hello, hello, ladies. You may hear some unhinged Italians outside. I've ciao, ciao. To shut them up. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, Bellas. Um, White Lotus style naughty Italians in there outside, outside the door of my hotel that can't be tamed. They have a Pomeranian <laughs> and they won't leave. So if you hear them, just lean into it. Last time the girls heard that you were in fucking Perth, so how do we get to Milan? I didn't even know you're in Milan. I don't even know that I'm in Milan. <laughs> I've crossed too many I've crossed into like a different uh dimension. Still wearing the Qantas PJs. <laughs> <laughs> Today is the closest I've come to a a, com- a complete and actual mental breakdown. Um <laughs> possibly ever <laughs> no the mouse surely the mouse <laughs> this was somehow worse than the mouse but it's because it was like concentrated into such a short period of time um i've already told you the story but i'll just do a very cliff notes which is that i'm really as you know like anal about being at airports super super early like mm-hmm. i'll get there like three hours early um and i had an unexpected early morning flight this morning and i ended up being later than I would have hoped got there with still enough time but basically this is the first time this has ever happened to me where I went to dump my bags and it said you do not have baggage even though I did so I had to line up for the person and in the UK there is just no sense of urgency no sense of like logically it's the same in LA it's actually insane it's so nuts I was like all these people are trying to quickly get on flights like that's your job surely that's not the first time you've encountered like the need for speed at work and basically I waited 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 and then by the time the woman finally served me to check in my bag this guy came over because the bag tags weren't printing after everything and was like you can't get on the flight. You don't have enough time. We don't have enough time to get this bag to the plane before, even if you get through customs. Um, and like that, that feeling of standing in the line, watching as people move slowly and you're looking at the clock, just being like, I am fucked. I am fucked. I am fucked. And it's like, at what point do you, because I'm, as I'm thinking about this, I'm just like, what would a middle-aged man in a suit do at that point like he probably wouldn't have stood there quietly he probably would have literally been like yeah and then you start getting angry at yourself yes my inner dialogue was like why aren't you speaking up this is your fault this is fucked you're gonna miss this fight you're gonna like yeah say Mm -hmm. something go grab someone else I was like paralyzed why can't I why can't I speak to people why can't I use my voice in an empowered way (laughs) I know I don't know anyways the guy was like you've missed your flight and then I caught him off guard because I just 
I just burst into tears and just cried and cried and cried and cried. And I kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I actually first said, oh, I, I first said actually in a very like Karen-y voice. I was like, I've been waiting in the line for 30 minutes. That's why I'm, that's why I'm late. And then I yeah. just started crying Of course, immediately. that's like a very normal thing to say. That's not even Karen-y, that's just facts. I said it in like a slightly aggressive tone and then just Good. burst into tears. <laughs> And then you were like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so the whole way through security I was like, I need to write an email to like British Airways customer customer service to apologize to that man, even though it was completely his fault and he should write an email apologizing to me. Oh my god, you poor thing. Um I have some I have a depressing update that I haven't even been able to share yet publicly or with you. Um American Airlines who lost Half of my entire belongings um, are now not yes. going to pay me a cent. No, Izzy, no, 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 not I will one cent. Not one cent. Take this to court. I fucking How? know, and like because, because, and I know, girls. I know everyone listening is going to say you need to get on the phone. You need to be a Karen. You need to scream. You need to cry. You need to threaten that you're going to publicly shame them. You need to say you're a journalist. I know all of these things, but my mental health cannot take it. Like I just couldn't take it. I was, I have been, I have called those C words like my entire New Zealand trip, three weeks of trying to be in the sun with my family was spent on hold to American airlines, filling out these forms, filled out the form, sent it in with ample time. You have to send it in within 30 days, ample time, called them. They confirmed they'd received the form. What more is a girl to do? Then don't hear anything. They say, if you don't hear anything in two days, call back. This may be partly my fault. Like you in the line, it didn't call back within two days because every time you call them, you're on hold for like three hours and they'd confirmed they'd gotten it. So I was like, okay, I'll wait. Call them back a week later instead. What form? We never received a form. It's now past my 30 day window of putting the form in grace and i said i called you you confirmed you had the form and she goes we i have no record of that it wasn't me so i have no record and i was like but it happened and they were just like you didn't you haven't we don't have the form you haven't submitted the form within 30 days we haven't even begun looking for your bag because you haven't submitted a form and i was just like i am like it just it went back and forth and back and forth to the point where i was yeah crying and then just hung up and then I can't get any other insurance for it because no other insurance will give me it if the if the airline hasn't done the thing like literally it's it's just no it's just like I've just given up now it's been months there's nothing and 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 then when I was talking to my boyfriend about it I just couldn't stop crying and I was like driving on the freeway sobbing yeah and now i'm just like it's gone it's done i just have to forget about it i have no clothes i have no jackets i have no shoes i have nothing it, it was like genuinely i had two 24 kg suitcases and a carry-on and one of those 24 kg suitcases is gone forever and that was everything i own so if there's any fashion brands listening to this any beauty brands anybody with, a with spare clothes <laughs> with a conscience fucking hell please and then now every time i go to get, leave the house i feel so depressed because i just think about stuff that i owned and now don't have and i'm not getting a cent grace can you believe i just feel like i want to like take over for you or something and I, I know the feeling where you're just like i just don't want to talk about it anymore because talking about it makes me feel bad about not doing it and it creates the whole shame spiral again so i don't want to I don't want to send you there, but there literally needs, you know, in Curb, that episode he does where it's hire a, hire a husband and it's like you hire a man to come over when, you know, construction people and stuff come over to make sure you don't get ripped off. Mm. You need to be able to hire like a third party lawyer person, hire, hire a Karen. Genuinely. And get them to be on the ball and on top of this stuff and do it for you. Cause you would pay like $200 for that. Of course I would. Yes. I get, I'm supposed to be getting, from American Airlines, it's not even much. It covers like one pair of fucking Nodalito knee-high boots. Um, I would have <sighs> been getting like 2000 US dollars or something. But then from my other insurance, I would have gotten another like maybe 2000 US dollars. Which obviously when I'm yeah. moving country would help <laughs> with my life. Um, yes. 
And then on the phone, the woman was just like, all you're talking about is getting the money. You're not even worried about the bag. And I was like, because I know the fucking bag is gone. Like the bag isn't what coming is back. What are you talking about? I was like, Why I was like, of course I'm shaming I, you. Yeah, I was like, of course I care about the bag. Of course I would prefer to have my belongings, but they were stolen from the fucking airport and they're not coming back three months later. I'm going to find my silly little like lime green Balenciaga top like at the fucking airport four months later. Oh, stop. Was that in the... Everything was in there. We need to do some sort of like <laughs> crowdfunder, <laughs> like a, a charity bake sale. <laughs> okay, so there are like far worse things going on in the world, and I feel like a loser for even saying this because even right now it's like so. It's no, so that's weird. fucked up. And you have I emotional know. attachment to your possessions, of course. I know, but I'm just as we're speaking, thinking about how there is. A, how fucked New Zealand has been. I mean, obviously, there's just so much. Like, Turkey is beyond. And then New Zealand has been... Um, when had those crazy floods and then a cyclone hit everywhere, but, spe- like, really badly in Hawke's Bay, which is my hometown, and all these people don't have homes at the moment. So yeah, a little bit up. of perspective for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard being it's so far funny. away because you don't even realise how bad it is. And I was talking to my best friend. She was just like, it is so fucked up. Like... We had no cell service and couldn't call anyone, didn't know if anyone was safe. Like, it was just heaps of people still don't have power. Homes have been fucked. Like, it's so crazy. So. Okay. That's fucked up. (sighs) Yeah. Good perspective. (laughs) Okay. Onto something very silly to lift our spirits. Yes. I think we need to talk about this now because I think in approximately 24 hours, I will stop caring about this. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever stop caring about this. (laughs) maybe i'll forget about it and then it will like pop back into my brain but i can't believe that this story happened i i just keep coming back to the shock that it happened and that is (laughs) (laughs) yep that ariana debose's um performance at the baftas i can't believe she performed that in front of kate middleton like i don't know why on top of everything else that but Kate Middleton and her little Zara earrings and her opera gloves. What I'm like, how many universes are colliding for me right now thinking about that? I know, it's too much. So I think if anybody hasn't seen this performance, you must. It's two minutes. You must pause the podcast now and go and watch it. Okay, so this was to paint the scene. Did this open the BAFTAs? Yes, is the opening number. So I, I hadn't, yes, yeah, I hadn't seen the whole performance until a while after and it did start off. She's, so Ariana DeBose won the Oscar for her performance in West Side Story. She's like a Broadway trained singer. So she started off doing this weird sisters are doing it for themselves thing with like a very low production quality choreography with chairs, but she had the notes at the start. Like it, we need to give her credit. She she ran out of steam quite quickly girlies you won't even know it (laughs) you wouldn't know it in the middle of that fucking riveting discussion that i can't wait to go back to some gardeners started blowing leaves right outside the window so i changed room and then they changed then they changed room and were blowing more leaves so now i have literally gotten in my car laptop mic headphones driven to another house and am now recording so God is testing us. Why is there always a problem? The Lord is testing us, and I don't know why. I don't know what he wants with us. We're just two sweet girls just trying to be nice people. And then I arrived. You, you've got the Italians, like, screeching outside your window with a Pomeranian. I have gardeners yeah. blowing leaves. And then I arrived at my house and um, looked at my bag and my little mic hat, you know, that black mic cap. It had come off my mic and I go, God is testing me. That's too much. That hat is supposed to stay on. I that, know. That feels, I don't like that. No. Um, okay. So where the <laughs> fuck were we at with this? Okay. We're talking about, of course, Ariana, gorgeous Ariana doing her number. And I was just saying that I can't believe she did it in a room with like Kate Middleton and the Royals. Well, yes. And, and every other <laughs> esteemed actor. The BAFTAs are, like, quite, not chic, but, like, quite kind of buttoned up in English and, like, prestigious in a way. Like, they're not mass culture in that way, which is what I think made this extra surprising because it was very out of step with what I associate the BAFTAs with. 
Yeah, so that's what they basically said. So the BAFTAs guy has released a statement in response to all the, <laughs> like, virality and memes and kind of backlash about the performance saying, no joke, Grace, using the word diverse and saying no. they wanted to, like, switch up the BAFTAs because American awards shows are so fun and, like, based on entertainment. <laughs> so they wanted to try something different. But, okay, firstly, taking it back, back, back. So if people don't know who Ariana DeBose is, she is a BAFTA winner, an Oscars winner, and she won last year for West Side Story. And she's a theatre performer, right? Like, her whole thing is singing. Yeah, yeah. She's. I, I saw one of my favourite tweets I saw was, like, somehow Lin-Manuel Miranda is to blame for this. Yes. And, like, that's the vibe. She's very – I don't know if she's worked with him directly, but she's, yeah, very kind of theatre kid energy. Which is why I thought someone had written this like tragic rap and she had just as like the good theatre kid she is put her heart and soul into the performance. And I thought it was like high art and very camp and like very impressive. But I think from what I understand that BAFTA's guy speaking out, the whole, it was her whole thing, her idea, her concept, her words. Yeah, she wrote it. That's fucking crazy. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. It's it's bonkers. The category is outstanding debut. Charlotte Wells, we love After Sun. Georgia Helene, Blue Jeans, The One. Elena, Maya, the teamwork's grand. Good luck to you, Katie Brand. Electric Maladay, Marie, girl, what a slay. Sandy Powell without fellowship. Street Queen, can you fix this zip? All the ladies in the room, supporting and leading, all here I presume. Hong Chao, Dolly D, Carrie and Carrie with the C. Day Mama, I'm so fond. Anna Girl, you were great and blonde. Danielle D, you broke my heart. Michelle, I've loved you from the start. Angela Bassett did the thing. Viola Davis, my woman king. Blanche Kate, you're a genius. And Jamie Lee, you are all of us. It's crazy, but I think. I think what everyone on the wide internet, not you or I, but everyone else on the internet is missing, that it is like high camp, obviously on purpose. I think some people think it's high camp, but like by mistake. But if it was by mistake, she wouldn't re- she wouldn't reference RuPaul's and say the category is. It's definitely playing on that like gay camp. It feels like a, a yeah, like a drag race challenge. But <laughs> yes. I don't think she's as she's not as self-aware as as the internet is like it is camp but her like fucking running out of breath and just like getting those words out at the end like that i don't think no that's obviously by mistake (laughs) and the sound was just not backing her up somehow like that's kind of what elevated it to high camp and i think it was i think she i don't know if she still because she's kind of she posted a TikTok straight after being like, we fucking killed that BAFTAs. And then she deactivated her Twitter. <laughs> I think she's still super proud of it as she fucking should be. But I don't even know if she understands. <laughs> well, since the she chatter. deactivated her Twitter, maybe she now does. So she deactivated her Twitter and then she posted something. She has this other account, um, mm. which is like really jade called, or is it? It's called Boss Babe Corner. That's crazy. And she wrote baby like girl a in a world full of choices. Choose yourself. Oh, no, sorry. She posted a message from an account called Boss Babe Corner on Instagram. So she reposted it from Boss Babe Corner saying baby girl in a world full of choices. Choose yourself. I don't know yeah. what that means. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I love it. It's it's powerful. It's resonating with me. Um so the lyrics are obviously great what it's this juxtaposition of her high energy like out of breath full choreography rap with these insane lyrics and then the cutting to each like the fact that they (laughs) they knew to who to be on like it's so perfectly edited live that they've obviously done this a bunch of times that is so hard to sync up and like that everyone's reactions I think they didn't. I think a lot of people didn't know if it was if it was like taking the piss or not. <laughs> and it's this is very English, like very English buttoned up. Like the funniest was the filmmakers at the start. 
because they're especially not used to being singled out in that manner. Like Charlotte Wells, who directed After Sunlight, they're just these kind of just people. I know. <laughs> cooled out. Her <laughs> smile was they so cute. So confused. I know. Yes. Um, I loved Kate Blanchett's reaction. <laughs> she was like so shocked, but she was trying to be nice. Yes. And she says, Blanchett, Kate, you're a genius, but like switching the names didn't lead to a rhyme. Yeah, why? Like it wasn't like Blanchett Kate and then something rhymed with Kate. Like she just said Blanchett Kate. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the lyrics in front of me. I should have written them down. Like Carrie with a C. I don't know why that killed me about Carrie Mulligan. I know. Um, Anna de Armas <laughs> looks like such a bitch, but maybe she's just like really zoned out and then heard her name. <laughs> Anna de Armas girl, you were great and blonde. <laughs> That's kind of the funniest one somehow. Yeah, Jamie girl, Lee Curtis clapping. She's such an icon. Emma Thompson. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is the only one who was into it. I think Anna de Armas, I, I got the vibe maybe that because she's been roasted so hard for blonde that she's just being like forced to attend everything and probably feels embarrassed being there, maybe. I don't even know, has she herself even been roasted that much for Blonde? I feel like her, she's been nominated for all these awards for her performance in it, but the film's been roasted. I've definitely seen some, like, defensive interviews she's done. Okay. She's been like, what people just don't understand is blah, 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 blah. Right. So I feel like she's taken it to heart because she probably thought this was her big Oscar moment. Carrie Mulligan. Well, she's an, is she nominated? Yeah. Probably fucking is, knowing that. Yeah, she name. is, yeah. Carrie Mulligan looks so cute clapping. <laughs> I've watched this like 400 times. Yeah. <laughs> it was good vibes from Carrie Mulligan, great vibes from Michelle Yeo, and best vibes. Like everyone else looks confused and Michelle Yeo is just like, oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously, is the. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? I've seen half of it, which I know is really bad behavior well even based on half don't you think it's so random jamie lee curtis is nominated for like an oscar for it i even remember her being in it she just is this like mean accountant woman oh yeah yeah very very random there wasn't much to the performance i didn't personally feel but i'm happy to see her obviously whenever i see her Obviously, the two biggest lines, Angela Bassett did the thing, Viola Davis, my woman king. She just delivered the hell out of those two. She was proud of them. And when she did the Angela Bassett did the thing arm movement and then did Viola Davis, my woman king and put her hand on her head like a crown. Yes. So good. I can't believe that. <laughs> That's like the main thing where I'm just like, Angela Bassett did the thing. Obviously, everyone's everyone's caught up on that. But that, that was crazy. Yeah. Yes. It, it was. <laughs> so, yeah. She... That happened. Um, and when she goes, other ladies in the room supporting or leading or all here, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> Other ladies in the room supporting or leading all here, I presume. So good. I can't tell, like, in the vein of, like, the Drag Race Challenge analogy, it did feel like she had 24 hours to come up with it. Like, I don't – it didn't have the feeling of having been workshopped for six months beforehand, you know. I I, Like, I believe she wrote it. I feel like she put effort in, but those lyrics have a whiff of, like – up till midnight the night before. <laughs> Do you think? Like some yeah. of the rhymes were just sloppy, but I loved it. Some of the things didn't even rhyme at all. <laughs> it's so confusing. Uh, but yeah. Also, I read today that Carrie, there was a La La Land-esque thing that got cut from the broadcast where Carrie Mulligan was wrongly uh, named for Best Supporting Actress. Really? 
Yes, but the reason that people aren't up in arms about it is because last year's winner was the actor from CODA who announced signing and the person interpreting got confused because there was two Carries, hence Carrie with a C, and announced Carrie Mulligan too quickly before they'd signed the surname. And I think it was all just fine. Right. But everyone was like cheering and clapping and thing and she stood up and then they were like, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Just give it to her at that point. It's like who even really cares? Yeah, basically, yeah. So I'm sure people have seen, or maybe they haven't, but they should have seen what Brad Pitt's been wearing recently. Brad Pitt is on a set of a new movie every single day wearing a different outrageous fit that I saw on Instagram. Someone saying he looks like he's been styled by Portia from White Lotus, which is completely all-encompassing of what he's been wearing. He is in tie-dye long-sleeve shirts. He's in pastel kind of patchwork cardigans, zip-up cardigans. Like... More importantly than anything else, he's in, like, an array of fluffy bucket hats and beanies. Um, (laughs) And basically, firstly, I was like, this screams midlife crisis. I'm trying to rebound as this artsy soft boy, which is kind of... It it smacks of desperation. It smacks of desperation. But then if if you interrogate it further, it smacks of him trying to basically funnel all his money into fixing his image and to making us all forget about the allegations Angelina Jolie has against him because how fickle we are as a culture that he just, the man just needs to wear a fluffy bucket hat and suddenly people are standing him on Twitter again. I feel like people are sophisticated enough, maybe not everyone, but that I think a lot of people will see through this because how I read it is he's hired this PR firm who I think are the same people doing Johnny Depp's PR. I actually, I've, I've read that a lot, but I don't, I haven't fact checked it. So I don't know if that's true, but um, he's definitely on this like weird rebrand thing because we didn't talk about this at the time, but at the Emmys or the Golden Globes it might've been like five people separately thanked him in their speeches. I know he does a lot of producing and directing behind the scenes, but a few publications made note of how, kind of forced it felt and that combined I think people thought that Babylon was going to be this huge Oscar movie and it didn't really get that critically or commercially acclaimed he didn't get nominated for anything for it the skincare line was a bust I just feel like he's kind of in a bit of a downward spiral and he's trying to me, this feels, and maybe we have a specific outlook on it that's different to other people, but it just feels like he's trying too hard. And his whole personal brand has always been not trying too hard. And I'm just like, God, does he actually care about this? his image that much? This is embarrassing, is how I feel, looking at these pics. But don't you... But I feel like, obviously, he cares about his image so much. He has... he. This is his whole life and career, and it's... He's always made such an art of making it look so accidental and like not. Oh, as in like, yeah, I see what you mean. But maybe beforehand it kind of was more accidental because he wasn't getting accused of all this stuff. Like he didn't really have to care too much about. I think. Yes. I think beforehand it was probably a mix of being accidental and a little bit coordinated because I do think for anyone to kind of stay in the limelight for that long, obviously it has to have people working behind the scenes. But I think for him, it would have been himself kind of chilled. He would have just been like listening to the people who said, you know, go to this award show or whatever. But then obviously now he's like, looks like he's gotten a new stylist. Yeah. looks like he's working with like a PR team, probably a crisis management team. And I think he's using his outfits to signal to the world that he, like the way that he's wearing 
pastels, the way he's wearing such soft boy clothes that you would associate with someone like Harry Styles is like not an accident. He's doing all of this so that we look at him and think, oh, this man couldn't hurt a fly. That's so true. And additionally, I think that this would have worked. Like I'm trying to look at these pictures and think about if the Angelina Jolie case hadn't come out in the last year where people have been really talking about it again and looking at the details of it even if we knew what like what had the plain thing but didn't know the specifics we learned a year ago I think people would have just like gobbled this up as would we have and we would have said oh my god he's so hot and he's experimenting and he's in his Harry Styles era and blah 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 and we would have yeah for sure for it so it's it's not an unfounded strategy once upon a time in Hollywood I think definitely yeah definitely right came out way after the Angelina Jolie plan stuff and we were fully standing him then it's like now that we know all of the details he's doing this on purpose and I think a we're so fickle as a culture I hate us and we just need to also it's just it's like like that thing of like yeah I get he's a good actor and we all loved him. I don't know it's similar to Johnny Depp where I'm just like I get he's a good actor and we all loved him and it like sucks to have to acknowledge that maybe we shouldn't stand this person as much as we used to and like you know like that sucks but it's also just like it's not that hard like we're not the people that were like allegedly physically abused by this person like I'm sure we can just like stop standing someone we don't even know to yes as a result you know it's just like I, I don't know I just feel like us just all being like oh, it's so hard it's like we're having to you know we're having to just stop liking everybody these days it's just like well yeah we probably should not fucking be obsessed with someone who's done that um and we not yeah. all public I don't know it's just it's just funny but then also I think the other interesting conversation around it is how much style and how much stylists impact someone's career and impact the culture around it and just how much like how important it is which is so kind of silly but also so interesting how important it is for your style as an a-list actor to keep you relevant and to keep you booking jobs like it just feels like something that that they must just they must just think it's so annoying. It must just be something like for people who don't really care that much about fashion to have to be like, mm. oh my God, do I genuinely have to always be looking really good? Do I genu- genuinely have to like watch what I wear every time I walk out the door because it will help with me being in the culture, which will help with movie ticket sales, which will help with me getting work and more money. It's so fucking true. Even when you're saying this now, it's it's, it's like incredibly obvious but I'm just thinking about how people who are like quote unquote in the culture like Tracy Ellis Ross um Zendaya (laughs) even Jodie Turner Smith just like people who yes we talk about a lot but who I mean obviously all of these women have done amazing incredible work but it's just funny they're like constantly getting headlines and like just people who are chic on the red carpet stay yes we stay obsessed with them like it's it's a completely separate ecosystem to your work like I've never seen anything with Tracy Ellis Ross in it for example and Zendaya I knew her as a style icon before I'd seen any of her acting I think the first thing I'd seen her in was Euphoria and she's an interesting one as well because Zendaya specifically has said she's like one of the only people that's acknowledged this publicly where she specifically said that she's she hired Law Law Roach, her stylist, um, in two thousand and seventeen because all she was known as was a Disney kid, and she wanted to rebrand her image so that she would get serious roles. And he went to fucking work, rebranded her as this style icon, got her pup posted about everywhere, and genuinely changed the trajectory of her career. And she said that, and it's like Anne Hathaway right now, like her whole comeback, mm-hmm. us all thinking she's cool again and all the Hatha hate stopping is because she stepped out at the Cannes Film Festival looking fucking snatched and then has like sat front row um actively on purpose channeling her role in the Devil Wears Prada beside Anna Wintour um and then was seen dancing at a fashion week after party on TikTok and suddenly she's back in the culture we all love her like it's it's so funny 
It's crazy. And I'm even thinking about Euphoria, how, like, um, Angus Cloud, that guy, that character, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how he became such a thing because he started wearing, like, the Tom Brown suits and that, you know, he was doing this, like, android. I mean, Harry Styles is, like, the most perfect example as well because he makes fairly, like, middle-of-the-road kind of boring pop music you know what i mean Beautiful. like him as a phenomenon but then you have like to go back to the euphoria example it's like then you have like a sydney sweeney who's more of a in terms of acting and blah 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 thing but yes. like hasn't hit the culture in the same way because like just doesn't dress very well it's yes. really, it's like obviously a thing but now that i'm thinking about it i'm just realizing what a thing it is in terms of dictating who we care about mm-hmm. it's crazy and it's like yeah. hard as well because I imagine, I imagine the inner workings of it. Going, I know it's it seems so simple, as simple as like wearing good clothes, but I imagine the inner workings of it are quite, um, like specific as well because it's like for actresses who um are kind of like Hollywood A listers or whatever. You would want to be kind of, I guess, seen in like a timeless light. Because you want to transcend this current culture and have like a a, a long career, um, mm-hmm. which is completely different to like how someone like Dua Lipa would dress. Because you want to be in the culture right now. You want to be young. You want to be hot. You want to be wearing these really cool brands. You want to be really sexy. It works with your image. So you're wearing like crazy outrageous stuff and getting published about all the time. Like kind of like Bella Hadid is mm-hmm. different to how you would dress if you were like. I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's interesting. And it's interesting. Like like, it even goes back to like the Taylor Swift chat we were having where you were like, why is she wearing such random shit on the red carpet? And it's kind of like, (laughs) I think cause she doesn't even, I don't know. Wait, maybe that makes no sense to what I'm saying. No, it does. Cause it's like that thing of what someone like Taylor Swift is so famous that you said she just wants to look, not like how she feels nice and pretty and sexy and beautiful. That's what she's looking for when she picks. And also her fan base are really kind of no offense. We all love a good Taylor Swift song, but her fan base are quite cheeky. So it's like, she's not, she's not specifically trying to like (laughs) thingy, the high fashion girl. Yeah. Like dog whistle. Yeah. 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 She's just being like, I write cute love songs. I'm going to wear this two piece. And, and genuinely probably the most of the population of the world who aren't super obsessed with fashion thought she looked really good. Which Well, this is the thing I wanted to bring up is like the divide between what we think looks good. Like I think 90% yes. of people, if they saw, for example, Anne Hathaway in the hood, like the uh, Aliyah hood would be like, what the fuck? And not like it. Like I always think of those old tabloid magazine things of best and worst dressed. And they all, you know, the opinion of what looks beautiful if you're not into fashion is something very simple very minimal like you say what like actresses say like a j-law or a natalie portman would wear or like um, adele where it's just yes yes or like adele and the people that want to be high fashion it's speaking to like a very big population but it's very specific and often it's at odds with what people actually think looks nice and i'm thinking about i saw an instagram ad for Carla Welsh's masterclass and she was basically saying that they went to the Valentino show where they first showed those huge voluminous dresses and she basically said afterwards to Tracy Ellis Ross like do you want to just try it and she was the first one to wear one of those giant pink dresses on the red carpet and when I was thinking about it I was like oh that I remember that that was massive Mm. and we just think it's a given now because that's been all that's been on the red carpets for years since that that was always going to happen. But that's one person deciding to make a really calculated risk. And then it impacts the, co- you know, I feel like there's so many things like that that we, we don't think about or don't see where there's one specific person choosing to do something that completely changes how all the other celebrities dress. I know. And I think it's easy to think of this as not being maybe as calculated as it is, but like the amount that you are written about, talked about the amount people are like standing you online directly would respond to the roles you would get in such a massive way. I mean, we know that it's like people every day, people get jobs in like 
media because of their Instagram followings. It's like if you're getting article after article written about you on Vogue, you're going to have a higher chance of getting a role than if you're not. So it's just, it must be just be quite like stressful, but also so fun. <laughs> totally. Even I'm thinking weirdly about Hayley Bieber. Like, you know how Hayley Bieber doesn't really do anything until road like i feel as if the tides changed on her so hard once she started once she dumped mm-hmm. <laughs> mave oh, <no>, <laughs> and started working with carla welsh there's like probably a direct correlation between mm-hmm. when people started to like her and stand her and she got like you know high fashion covers and blah 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 when she Even Bella Hadid. Those, like satin two pieces yes yeah bella hadid massively became like the supermodel because of her style so true so yeah and also brad pitt back to brad pitt sorry i saw a funny comment on tiktok that said he looks like justin bieber and i mean that in the worst way possible i thought that too when we were just looking it's if you could easily put justin bieber's head on all of those pictures and and hate them (laughs) yeah but justin bieber is he's doing that because that's his actual style he's not trying to like get out of fucking assault allegations um, Brad Pitt's producing the fact the these sheet. are all on Getty is like so yes. telling. There's yes. probably no pictures of Brad Pitt on Getty that aren't red carpet images apart from these. Brad Pitt is doing a Julia Fox coordinated pap pics daily, which yes. is so tragic. And he's producing Even the, the She Said film. Yes, the oh, yeah. Um, lest we forget the five minute and writer thing. I feel like that was fully a thing he would have wanted to pursue. And then she got so much backlash from her fans straight away that she would have been like, nah. Yeah, for sure. On to a gorgeous man. I don't know actually how you feel about him. I think going from a questionable man to a gorgeous man, but I'll see what you think. I Which agree. is Jeremy Strong's GQ piece. I just feel like he's... We'll go into it. I'm like, I feel like he's cringe, but unproblematic. Like, I I just I just warm to his theatre kid energy. There's a lot of, like, through lines in this episode. <laughs> I know. So, Jeremy Strong, obviously, actually, for, for people who don't know him by name, he's Kendall, from, Kendall Roy from Succession. And GQ have just done a cover story with him, in which I, I'm not a fan of the shoot, I must say. He's like a boxer. Why the boxing? Like <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. it. It also when they're talking about him being so serious. So the whole thing around Jeremy Strong was at the end of 2021, like in the peak of succession mania. And I can't believe we didn't talk about this at the time. It's really weird we didn't. But they did. Uh, the New Yorker did this huge big piece on him, basically talking about how um, he's really intense to work with on set and how the way he like stays in character is really like hard to work with. And it was kind of this expose on him as being like this manic, like really difficult person. And then after that, um, famously a bunch of his previous co-stars and celebrity friends released statements in response to the piece, including Aaron Sorkin, who didn't have social media. So he used Jessica Chastain's (laughs) Twitter account to post his statement, which was like written on letterhead. And she wrote, Aaron Sorkin doesn't have social media, so asked me to post this letter on his behalf, kiss kiss. And <laughs> so that happened in 2000, at the end of 2021. And then this piece is just this brilliant, I love the way this profile is written. It's incredible. And it's me just this, this overarching like piece about him as a person and speaking about that. But I was just like, why would you put him in this intense boxing shoot? Like that doesn't, that doesn't, give us that doesn't juxtapose like the allegations that he's really difficult and intense when you're having him like in boxing gear and all sweaty but yeah i don't like the literal like jeremy strong is what did he say he's ready to fight or something or he's like or like won't get a we'll never break yeah i don't yeah agree hard agree i don't like a super conceptual shoot but um yeah i thought this piece was really well written and it's such an interesting that like character acting like method acting thing and how pleasant and likable you should be on set versus getting the best work done question is very interesting i think yeah i because i'm just like i 
what he says in it where he just said acting he said something along the lines of like acting is is a weird job and like he was just like if i'm half in half out and really aware of like this weird job i'm doing i just don't know if i'll be able to take it seriously like he's just he's literally he's like going into character in this way where he said he basically says in the piece that he doesn't really or it's been said elsewhere that he doesn't really fraternize with like his co-stars when he's on set like he won't sit around and talk to them about weekend plans and yeah i guess like that is annoying to work with like you have to be polite and stuff but but at the same time it's like he's genuinely doing a good job so why are we like if he was doing a bad job and he was like this you'd just be like jare that's so weird but him and even like fucking cursed shia labeouf like both of them are really incredible (laughs) actors Yes. I mean, this. so this was the big, I remember in the New Yorker article, and it reminded me of, there's this movie called Marathon Man, and Dustin Hoffman was in it, and Laurence Olivier, and they were kind of considered, like, the greatest actor of all time, and then this, like, young gun, because it was in the 80s, Dustin Hoffman coming in, and Laurence Olivier was, like, full theatre background, and Dustin Hoffman was full method, and when you're from that theater background, you do a take and you finish and then you just flip immediately back into yourself and you're normal and you're like, so what are you doing on the weekend? And blah, 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 blah. And how are you and joking, joking? Method is like staying character the entirety of the shoot. And there was all these conflicts between them. Maybe they actually referenced it in the New Yorker piece and I'm not just thinking of it. But um, there was this parallel between like Brian Cox and Jeremy Strong because Brian Cox is that old school theater thing. So he'll do these like He's an incredible actor as well, obviously, in succession. He'll do these crazy emotional scenes, and the second they stop running, we'll be like, oh, all right, and, like, laughing and joking and back in his normal um, accent and hanging out with the crew and stuff, and Jeremy Strong will just stay in it. And it sounded like that had created a lot of conflict as well because he was kind of like, it's acting. You act in the scene, and then you finish the scene, and then you just be a normal person. But, like, that's just so it's, – it's just like, okay, that's incredible. You can do that. Like, yeah, you're clearly very talented, but some people just work different ways. Like, that's amazing. I'm it's sure if Jeremy era, Strong, you know, and yeah. I'm also just sure if Jeremy Strong could perform to that level and then turn it off immediately, he would. He probably doesn't like the fact that when he walks around the English countryside, it reminds him of the scene when he when Kendall Roy accidentally kills a waiter. He literally said that. He was like, he was like, I can't even speak about that because it still feels quite real because I'm still in the role. And that's weird. Yeah. Like, sure, that's intense and, like, you might be a bit eye-rolly, but I'm sure if he, I'm sure he doesn't choose to want to feel like he's killed a waiter in real life. Exactly. And, like, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays Roman. Kieran Culkin also kind of weighed in and was like, he seems like he has a, he had a big problem with him from that New Yorker thing and was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I just feel like we can all do our jobs without blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I feel as if his role in the show is being himself, like not to undermine yes. his acting credibility or whatever. Like I think he's a good actor. But it, the character of Kendall is the whole reason that show works and is successful and like what he brings to it and the intensity and what a brilliant actor he is. Like the whole thing would sink if it wasn't someone as good as him. Like he is the show and mm-hmm. i just thought they should all be a bit more grateful i know <laughs> Unless he's like doing something and then, horrible behind the scenes but from reading all these profiles on him i don't think he's a bad person i don't even think he's that arrogant i think he's just a slightly eccentric like deep thinker no yeah i don't even think he's arrogant. i think that things are like short for sure gonna be annoying like um nicholas braun fucking cousin greg said told the gq person that when they were working on season four to get the co-stars in the mood for a scene, Strong found a YouTube video of horrible crashes and destruction <laughs> from maybe Transformers, and he had the sound department play it on loudspeakers so we could hear it. Like, yeah. that is annoying. But then Nicholas Braun is so cute that he was like, I think that's the mentality. Why not try something to see if it does change the energy in the room and in a performance? He's just like a hardworking man when everyone else wants to quiet, quit, and just get the cash and go home. We need people exactly. like him to exist or the world would stop. Yeah. I had this thing where I watched um, Succession and like especially the rapping scene. I think that's the moment where that actually changed my whole obsession with the show onto a new level. But I remember Googling him after like binging it and being really interested in him. And being really surprised by how different he is to the character in terms of like 
this thing that he does in every interview where he like quotes long quotes from like literary figures and psychology like the gq person i won't even read the whole thing but the gq person says here's an exhaustive list of everyone that jeremy strong quoted or referenced by name in my presence henry james t.s Eliot, walker percy kenneth loneran mark strand hillary mantel carl ove nowsgaard dustin hoffman glenn gould like it's like yeah meryl (laughs) streep bukowski carl jung bob dylan steven like it's kafka like it's all of these fucking krishnamurti it's john keats like it, it would be annoying in person i imagine mm. for someone to just be like as t.s Eliot once said Lull. yeah for sure <laughs> that doesn't feel authentic but in a weird way i think it is authentic to him i think that's just the way he's just a yeah, well i love how they went into bloke. it in the piece which which really kind of contextualized it for me is they were speaking about how poor he was growing up like he came he comes from mm. literally nothing and then managed to get into Yale, which is crazy, and got into Yale and then felt completely alienated and completely out of his depth. And and he, he says in the piece, I come from a really emotionally intelligent and very caring and compassionate and what else? He said something else, but he was just like, I don't come from an intellectual family. I don't come from an intellectual background. So he went to like Yale, knowing nothing, knowing none of these yeah, philosophers, having not read any of these classics. And I think he, he quotes that way as a way of like, it's his way of, it's his kind of barrier of defense or whatever, which is mm-hmm. really interesting. And then it was so funny. Brian Cox said, later that he thinks that Jeremy Strong is dealing with a lot of trauma and that's why he acts that way. And then Jeremy Strong was like, I'm literally not. But <laughs> then he was like, but Kendall is, and he hasn't really spent much time with me outside of that character. So. Yeah. It must be a weird, it would be a shitty feeling to be on that show. that's so successful and be such a, a like integral part of it, but feel like your co-star, like, for you to achieve the performance that will make you proud during your big career break, it means alienating yourself from a lot of the people that, you know, that would be a shit feeling. Like if you didn't feel like your coworkers really liked you, your coworkers going on the record with the New Yorker talking shit about you is like crazy. It's really horrible. It's like not it's nice. really shit. Yeah. He's, he, so then this writer was like asking how he felt about it. And he just basically was like, really shit like really really shit and he said the fact that the writer went to Yale to brought him right back to his college days I haven't felt judged in that way in a very long time and then Mm -hmm. he said am I just going to adjust or compromise the way that I've worked my whole life and what I believe in there wasn't a flicker of doubt about that I'm still going to do whatever it takes to serve whatever it is which is not to say that's the same thing as riding roughshod over other people it has to do with autonomous concentration. It's a very very solitary thing. I think there's very low impact on others except for what they might want to project onto it and how that might make them feel, which I think is very um, eloquent and clever because that's so true. So true. And I, I, it felt like that writer had it out for him. I remember, I wish we did talk about it at the time because it felt, it had that feeling of that Pia Moss piece, like just a kind of sinister tall poppy syndrome like thing where you're you're kind of framing these you're framing this story in this expose kind of way but the actual heart of what you're saying is stuff that like happens constantly on movie sets all the, like there are people that are actually fucking massive assholes that are like horrible to people on set you know who don't get stories written about them or get like glowing reviews and he's you know just a little bit difficult or a little hard on himself but not I mean maybe that is shit that went on behind the scenes that hasn't been reported and that's what they're insinuating but I just yeah I just remember it felt kind of mean and I think it's nice that he had all these people come out and defend him yeah me too he had um Anne Hathaway Adam McKay, Jessica Chastain, and Aaron Sorokin come out and defend him, and he said that that was a really nice surprise, which is so cute. Him and Anne Hathaway, like, I know they're in that movie Armageddon Time, which I haven't seen. They are kind of kindred spirits, I think. Like, they're both... Yes, for sure. Yeah, they have similar vibes. Um, I also love at the start how they talk about how he always wears brown, which he was wearing brown when I saw him at Balthazar. He wears... So they go, on his head, a brown bucket hat. Wait. Oh, yeah. On his head, a brown bucket hat. On top of that, a second hat. 
a brown cashmere beanie, which is an image I can't remove from my brain. And then he goes, I don't know, it's unexplainable, he says, about his uniform style before before providing multiple explanations. <laughs> which I think I should say. So he said, in a metaphor, it's in a way it's a metaphor for the rest of my life. I gravitate towards an extremely narrow band. That's all I want and I don't want anything else. Number two, this is maybe half bullshit, but maybe not total bullshit. I spend most of my life wearing costumes, like la la la. And then he said, number three, it's monastic chic. I love, yeah, it is. I mean, I think about you, this is just like classic Izzy, like the blessed child of the Lord, being in that shop, looking at the Macaulay Culkin shirt when Macaulay Culkin walked in. You were literally at Balthazar the morning after the season two finale of Succession aired. This is right, right? And he walked in. It was the night after whatever one where he did that crazy performance. Was it end of season three? End of season two, I think, where he did the oh, yeah. Yeah. press conference. Not to give any spoilers away. Yes. That's crazy. Wasn't Have I totally hallucinated this or was Jake Gyllenhaal in there and congratulated him in front of you? <laughs> you made that up. Okay. I must have read that in a story and like blended blended those two things i can't believe grace i know we're talking about um i know we're talking about how jeremy strong came in that was great he was literally sitting right beside me and i would not have noticed him at all had the table not had the other table beside me not been like whispering about it and then but i can't believe the macaulay Culkin thing i can't believe that feels like a fever dream i, I can't believe it i know it feels really like funny. i made that up <laughs> so crazy literally in a if anyone who missed that i was in a vintage store in new york in like the where was i the not the west village east village in the east village and was like funneling through saw a t-shirt with a young macaulay culkin michael jackson and who was the other person someone else um on it took a photo for grace because for some reason we'd been talking about macaulay culkin was holding the shirt up, taking a pic, and I looked up. Actually, I'm pretty sure I took the pic, put put it back in, but was still standing right beside it, looking at it. And I look up, and Macaulay Culkin walks into the vintage store. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was trying to hide the T-shirt. So I was like, I don't want him to see – I don't want him to be reminded of his abuser. It was so stressful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stressful. Um, but, yeah. I remember, I remember just quickly on Jeremy Strong again. He's like a fashion king. This is why I like him as well. And do you remember in that profile, it said like when he went to, he obviously has a chip on his shoulder. He's obviously very sort of earnest and doesn't fully grasp how he comes across in what I think is a really endearing way that he said that when he, do you remember that was, that, ah, this was the thing that was in the New Yorker piece. There was this weird insinuation that he was like a social climber and that he had like weaseled his way into Michelle Williams letting him live in her basement after Heath Ledger died or something. There was something about that. And like people had said that they'd felt uncomfortable about it or something. Um, like way before he became famous. Right. Which feels so at odds with I'm sure he was very ambitious. Mm. But anyway, it said that when he was like dirt poor and still a student, he would like have no money, but he would save up everything he had and buy like a $900 Dries Van Noten shirt and wear it everywhere, which I thought was quite cute. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so sweet. We've all done that. I feel like his wife is a therapist, which is probably why he's comes across as normal-ish. Yeah. She's like, God, I'm tired. I was, I was like, I feel like this woman is just constantly disassociating. The woman put in the work. While he talks and talks and talks and talks. (laughs) He's like, not to quote Meryl Streep again, but he's like, Angela Bassett did the did the thing. (laughs) It's like, not to quote Ariana Debose, but. Okay, we gotta Blanche go. Blanche Kate, you're a genius. Okay, Over we gotta time. go. This is fun. Um, all right. See you girls on Patreon. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Hey. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.